0: It's time for News Talk 720 KDWN's Ask the Expert Hour. Have a question? Call now. 702-257-KDWN. That's 702-257-5396.
1: Welcome to Ask the Experts. My name is Brian Black. I'm here with Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates. Good morning, Brian.
0: Good morning, Brian. It's good to be here with
1: you. Excellent. We've been doing this for quite some time now, and uh, if you're a first-time listener to Ask the Experts with Brian A. Lowe, Brian A. Lowe & Associates specializes in the area of estate planning, among a few other things. We talked about gun trusts last week, and there's certain other things, but I would say the main focus of your business is estate planning, Correct
0: planning and also administration the administration of course comes in after uh, a person person dies and then you have to administer whatever that plan is
1: so um, who's your average customer who walks in the door and uh, and needs you?
0: well it starts out with those who would like to plan mm-hmm. which means that they are interested in putting together a will or a trust or they want to do some planning to avoid uh, having to go through a guardianship if Mm. something happens to them. They may be interested in asset protection. Uh, They may have uh, guns that are controlled, and they want to have some kind of a gun trust to protect their beneficiaries from uh, violating federal law by putting it into a trust. And so there are lots of trusts. Some people have uh, special needs um, family members that they would like to provide for, of course, yes. And by pre-planning, then you can plan all this out and and get to your beneficiaries those assets that you want them to, to receive in and in and administered properly.
1: So that in a lot of cases, I would I would imagine that it's not enough just to leave somebody money. Um, as for for example, like you say, a minor child with special needs. You can't just leave them a pile of money and hope that everything turns out all right. You're the person in charge of their well-being, and so therefore you need to plan for their well-being after you're gone and that's and that's where you come in. That is correct. So um, anybody that wants to plan, everybody should do this. I, I, you've said it on this show before and I, I'm guilty of this as well. You know, I'm getting older every year just like everybody else and when I was young, when I was 25, it would not have even occurred to me in my wildest dream to do a living will or to do a will of any sort or a trust or an estate. In fact, I don't think I'd even heard of a trust when I was 25 years old. Um, but Anything can happen to anyone at any time, and so therefore, if you've got something and you want it to go somewhere specifically, then you need to write down on a piece of paper where that's going to go, right?
0: You, you need to plan around it, and you're not in the uh, minority there because most people uh, do not do planning, mm-hmm. and as a result, uh, they have their estate go pursuant to the terms of the statute, and that's called an administration of an estate.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, that's I, I, probate, correct? Is that yes. is that that's what happens? It's, it's something goes into probate if there's no plan for it.
0: If there's no plan, if they if they have a will, some people say, "Well, I don't want to have a will because if I have a will, mm-hmm. then it's got to go through probate." Right. But all you're doing with the will is you are probating the will. If you have no will, then those assets, those probatable assets, have to be administered. Upon on, and that still goes through the process, but it will go through according to the terms of the Nevada Revised Statutes.
1: So basically, I, uh, the way that I'm understanding this is that if you don't have a plan, you don't have documents in place, um, then the court has to figure out what to do with your assets according to general statutes that are in place with the law of the state of Nevada or wherever you live. And I would imagine that takes a lot longer and it's a lot more difficult.
0: Well, the process is basically the same. However, with an administration, the decedent does not choose their own executor. Right. That's spelled out in the statute. Our legislature has decided who will be the administrator of your estate if you haven't chosen someone. Also, who gets it? Mm -hmm. Some people think, well, I want it all to go to my wife, or I want it all to go to my children, or I want it to go to my girlfriend, or whatever it is. Right and they don't plan around that, then it goes to the statute and it may go completely different than what they've ever wanted it to go.
1: And I, I, I guess uh, my, my question for this point would be, what are the different areas involved here? We're talking about a, a will and a trust and people who've tuned into the show before may have a general idea. What's the difference between a will and a trust when you're, for the general listener?
0: Okay, a will is what's known as a testamentary document. It te- comes into existence and, and starts its work when you die. Mm-hmm. Up until you die, it's just a piece of paper stating that that's your will and what you want done when you die. Right. But if you uh, um, have a trust, generally you transfer assets during your lifetime. It is in existence while you're still alive. Right. And you can manage that yourself and you can, establish who the successor trustees or or uh, administrators of that trust are going to be and so you can see it work, you can make sure that it works properly and then the successors will automatically pick it up without having to go through a probate process.
1: So would you have a will and a trust or is, or does the trust take care of uh, of all of the aspects of the will? Would you not do a will if you have a trust?
0: With a trust you will generally have another uh, will that goes along with it because mm-hmm. oftentimes people will do a trust and they don't realize that to effectively get those assets into the trust, you've got to get them in. You just don't uh, sign a piece of paper saying, I've got a trust and now all my assets are in the trust. Right. So um, in, in the event that you have some assets that are not in the trust, then those assets will have to be poured over into the trust by some manner. And if you don't have a will, it will go according to the terms of the statute. If you do have a will, it can pour over into the trust.
1: Okay. We'll get a little bit more into this after the break. If you have a question for Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates, give us a call on the Centennial Toyota Talk and Text Line at 702-257-5396. We'll be right back. Now back to Ask the Experts on News Talk 720, KDWN. Welcome back. If you have a question for Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates, give us a call on the Centennial Toyota Talk & Text Line at 702-257-5396. We're speaking today on the subject of estate planning, and we were talking about wills and trusts right before we went into the break. How effective is a will?
0: Uh, Wills are very effective uh, if a person... Um, knows what they're doing, mm-hmm. they know what assets they, that they own, they know who their heirs are going to be and how they want to th- those assets distributed among their heirs, Then, and they have the capacity and there's no fraud or duress or undue influence, mm-hmm. the will will generally stand and will be distributed pursuant to the terms of the will. But oftentimes some of those things become questionable. And so even with a will, there are will contests and people will come in and they think that uh, mom was really influenced by one of the children and that's why she got a little more in the will and so they contest it. And so we have will contests uh, all the time and try to determine – the true intent of the of the decedent
1: so uh, you know I, I suppose you know there's a lot of uh a lot of stories about people contesting wills everyone's heard the stories in the news i guess you'd say you know you're always hearing about some some multi-millionaire who you know drew up a last minute will and his children are contesting it how often does it really happen do, do people really contest wills that often
0: Whether it goes to the court in a contest, um, that does not happen as often as people are really contesting wills. Sometimes, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, rather to avoid a contest, they will, in fact, try to settle it. I I had a case one time, and it was uh, uh, the fellow did not have a will, Mm -hmm. and his brother was the next of kin, and he lived down in Arizona, and he came up and he wanted to i mean he looked everywhere for a will couldn't find it Mm -hmm. so he came in and we started an administration and then we heard from a uh, large university in the midwest and they said well he had a will and and now uh, we want our share of that will pursuant to the terms of the will but they couldn't find the will well yeah and if you can't find the the original will then there's a presumption that it was probably destroyed so it goes through a will contest and so we went to the to the district court here in Nevada and and uh, the brother won because they they couldn't prove up the the lost will and so they uh, appealed it to the Nevada Supreme Court and oh, wow. the Supreme Court upheld the the district court and and then the university decided well Let's take it to federal court. Wow. Well, <laughs> they brought some action in the federal court. And finally, uh, uh, my client said, let's just get this thing settled. And so we settled it for a half million dollars or so to to just get rid of the university. So wow.
1: And there was no will at all?
0: We could not find a will. There oh was a, there was a copy of the will. The university had a copy of the will. Mm, okay. But a copy is not a probatable document Right. you generally have to prove up. The real, uh, the, the real thing.
1: That's amazing. We've got a, a call on line one from Jay. He has a question for Mr. Lowe. Are you there, Jay? Yes, I am. What would you like to ask? Well, I have a
2: question, um, uh, pursuant to the uh, the wills and, and putting things together, about um, beneficiaries on, say, retirement accounts, uh, life insurance, and uh, such as that. Does that roll into... Um, the will or is that exempt from probate
0: well it's it's a function of whether the uh individual names someone to be the beneficiary of their their life insurance or or their uh ira of 401k whatever if you've named a beneficiary then it goes to the beneficiary and is not a probatable asset however when you put down a beneficiary and that beneficiary passes away before you do, then uh, since no uh, contingent beneficiary is listed, then it becomes a probatable asset, and sometimes we have to take that through the probate process. So it's good to have a contingent beneficiary down.
2: Okay, so that that, as long as you have beneficiaries um, named on uh, those types of assets as far as uh, retirement accounts, life insurance policies that does not uh create a problem for a probate card
0: that is correct
2: now also i have one more question i had a father that passed away that um did have a will and i have a copy of it um it was in probate um i just kind of neglected that from florida um uh, I, I don't even know what's in there. I just kind of walked away from it because it was a stressful time, and that was years ago. But I know that there's assets uh, from Envy Energy as well as um, um, uh, the gas company here in Nevada, as well as uh, whatever assets he had.
0: Now, was he a resident of the state of Florida or the state of Nevada?
2: Well,. He was a resident of uh, the state of Nevada for many years. And when he uh, was um, incapacitated uh, with Alzheimer's, I had uh, collected him and took him to Florida. And we had the uh, new will drawn up so that everything was uh, legal in Florida.
0: Okay. He probably became a resident uh, of Florida. So Florida law would... would. Uh, um be the law that you look to and was the will probated after your father died or was it still uh, uh, apparently not probated?
2: so i do remember having a call from uh, uh a probate officer and saying that there was a probate number which uh, was lost but i had never followed up on it i don't know if there's uh, uh a way to find out about
0: that. Well, there probably is, and it's probably getting into some specifics, and it probably would be good for you to give me a call. If you give me a call at my office at 259-0002, I can get into more specifics with you.
2: All right. I appreciate that. Would you give that number to me again?
0: Yes, it's 259-0002. Thank you. And just ask from uh, for me, Brian Lowe.
1: Thanks a lot, Jay. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. All right, we've got another call, a quick call from Chuck. He'd like to ask a question of uh, Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates. Are you there, Chuck?
2: Yes, yes. i got a question of equity gifting, uh, you know, how to avoid the MIP. Can you explain that?
1: Could hey. you repeat your question, please?
2: Uh, Gift give, give equity uh to avoid the mortgage insurance premium, you know, the 20% thing.
1: Equity gifting? Yeah. Equity gifting. I'm not familiar with that uh, idea. Can you explain a little bit more?
2: Uh, yeah, that's where, where uh, you may know, you have a relative or a friend where they, you know, when you're getting a house, they, they can give you up to 20% equity gifting it's on Form 709 of the IRS. I was wondering if you
1: had any more info on that to avoid
2: to avoid the mortgage insurance premium.
1: And this is more of in the uh, area of real estate law, correct? I I guess. Uh, now you're now we're we're speaking on the subject of wills and trusts today, um, and I I think that might be a little bit outside the area of our show today. Um, are you talking about leaving somebody, somebody something in your will, or are you just talking about uh, doing a well, real estate no, transaction? I, no, I
2: thought well, it just, was. I just thought it in the same area there. I well,
1: I apologize. Uh, that's unfortunately, right. that's outside of our area of expertise today, but thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, so we were talking about wills and trusts, and we were talking about uh, the, the, the possibility, the possibilities, I guess you would say, that would occur when you do not have a will. Uh, and I, I think that's, uh, that's basically what we're trying to say is you need to plan or something's going to happen. What's, what happens when you don't have a will?
0: When you don't have a will, you do the same as if you have a will. You generally come to the court or through an attorney most of the time, and you start an administration. And there's a petition that goes into the court, the probate court. Uh, if you don't have a will... Then there's a question as to who's going to be that administrator, and sometimes there gets to be a little feud between siblings or mm-hmm. and some rivalries or whatever. And so the court just will have to determine who that administrator is going to be. Also with the uh, HIPAA laws, it's very difficult to find out what the decedent had in the way of assets. And so the only way you can really get that information is to be named by the court to uh, be the administrator and get letters of administration. So uh, oftentimes we will start an administration um, just to get and have them appointed special administrators so they can ferret out a little bit about the assets of the decedent.
1: Now, who, who comes to you in these circumstances? Is it, the, is it usually the person who's left out of the will or the person who is in charge of the will, do you think?
0: Well, if they have a will, it's the person that's that's in the will. Mm-hmm. And if we have a copy of the will or they bring in the will, the will will generally spell out, this is who I want to be the personal representative.
1: Okay. Well, we'll talk about a little bit more about this when we come back from the break. If you've got a question for Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates, give us a call at 702-257-5396, and we'll be right back. Now back to Ask the Experts on News Talk 720, KDWN. We're speaking to Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates. Today, we're talking on the subject of uh, wills, trust, estate planning. So I've got a question for you. So I'm just an average guy, right? And maybe I've been married for a couple of years, and I don't really have anything. You know, I don't don't have a, a, a big retirement account built up. I don't really have any stuff. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I've got a student loan, and I owe... $25,000 twenty five thousand dollars on a car what about debt um, what, what how do you take care of debt in wills and trusts what do you do who I mean do people inherit debt
0: no they do not I've, I've only had one uh, case where <clears throat> uh, the heirs inherited debt and that was because they were citizens of Japan and in Japan uh, you can have negative estates and the, and the family has to absorb that but in the United States we don't don't have negative estates. Through the probate process, you start the probate and that administration. The statute spells out that you need to give notice to all of the creditors. Mm -hmm. And so it may take a little time finding out who all the creditors are, but we'll lump them, let's say, into unknown creditors, the administrator doesn't know who the unknowns are. Right. And then there are some known creditors. People have sent bills. Right. And so there are two groups here. You've got to give notice to all creditors. And so you generally publish notice to the unknown creditors, which starts the statute of limitations running on them making a claim against the estate. Okay. If a bill comes in, and they become a known creditor then we actually have to send them a letter spelling out what their legal rights are to to getting paid on that debt right but during that creditor claim period which generally runs maybe 90 days okay okay so they have to make some kind of a claim and identify themselves if they do not make that claim during that that claim period then the statute runs and they cannot make a claim against the estate. So during that 90-day period, the administrator does not pay any of the bills because he doesn't know what all the bills are going to be. Right. And once the 90-day period runs, then we know what all the bills are and the creditor's claim is high on priority. They're not the top priority who will receive assets of the estate. Mm-hmm. The, the, uh, top priority is the administrator who is working for the benefit of the estate, which includes creditors, which includes the IRS, which includes beneficiaries. So their expenses are paid first. Second comes the benef- the uh, creditors. Third comes the specific bequests mm-hmm. that are made in a will. Right. And last comes the residuary beneficiaries and they're the last to take. So you generally have to wait until all the creditors are are identified that are going to be identified, and they have a priority to receive before beneficiaries
1: do. Okay, so it is possible if you owe $30,000 on a car and you have $30,000 in the bank that you're going to have to just pay that off. Your estate is going to have to, correct? If if
0: they make a claim. Mm -hmm. Generally, if you... uh, have a thirty thousand dollar car and you don't pay, there is the car is there. Right. And you may just want to turn that car back over to the the company that has financed it. Gotcha. And at least that would take Possibly the majority of, the, of that debt away.
1: Right. Okay. So, um, like you say, the the creditors in the IRS or have a higher priority than the beneficiaries, the people they who do. are who are you know supposedly receiving. Now, does that include? Uh, and this might I don't know if this is inside the area of wills and trusts, but like the the caller asked just a few moments ago, Jay, does that include uh, life insurance payments and stuff like that? So, if my wife receives a big life insurance payment, she may have to pay off. Uh, my debts—is that the deal?
0: No, life insurance is uh, is a good thing <laughs> <laughs> uh, for a lot of reasons, but uh, uh, it's exempt from creditors' claims. Okay. in the estate. So if you if you name your spouse or someone else as a beneficiary, mm-hmm. then that insurance is going to flow to them directly. Right. If it goes through the probate and comes into the estate, it still is exempt. And will go to the beneficiaries, and okay. it's exempt from creditors.
1: Well, that's a very good thing. It's a very good thing. So, um, you know, I've asked the question: What if I don't really have a lot? What if I don't have heirs, to, so to speak? Either you're a single person, or or maybe your spouse has died, and you and you don't have children. You don't have anything specific. Um, uh, what do you do do you do you need to do a will or do you just uh, what what's has that happened before where somebody has either gotten to such an age that they've outlived all their relatives or that they don't speak to their relatives what do, what do people do if they don't have any of traditional heirs you know if, children it, grandchildren if there's
0: no one out there we'll just assume there's no one out there mm-hmm. then according to the statute if you don't have a will or a trust or, and are going to give it to someone then it will escheat to the state okay and that goes to the state of
1: Nevada. Okay, so uh, you talked a few uh, a few minutes ago about somebody who allegedly had left money to uh, a university. How common is that? Uh, when somebody uh, leaves uh, money to an organization, is that is that easy to do? Is it e- sure. easily contested? What what happens in that process?
0: Well, in this particular case that I mentioned a few minutes ago, the the gentleman did in fact leave it to the majority of his estate to the university where he went to to medical school. This okay. was a deceased doctor. And they had a copy of the will, mm-hmm. and they were expecting a large amount of money from that estate. Right, right. And it ended up going to uh, the brother because there was no will that was found. Mm-hmm.
1: So when you say when there's no will that's found, I'm assuming you don't mean found on the kitchen table. What, what do you do with your will once you're done with it? I mean, what, where does it go? Where where do people look for a will?
0: You want to keep it in a safe place. I generally recommend that they either keep it in, with their lawyer mm-hmm. or that they keep it where they would normally keep their important documents because that's where people will head to find the will. Sometimes they will put them into the safe deposit box. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem with having it in a safe deposit box without having, a let's say, a copy at home right, is that we don't know where that will is, and so we have to go in and look around for the will, and if we find out that they have a safe deposit box, then we generally need to go to court, get a court order right. to go down to that bank and open up the box, and if we have no key, then we have to have the box drilled out. Right. And, and, take an inventory of what's in the box, looking for that will.
1: And that takes a considerable amount of time and it effort. It does
0: take time and effort, yes. I mean, how
1: long does it take to get a court order?
0: Well, yeah, you have to petition. Generally, we can do it ex parte, which means that it doesn't take a a, um, a hearing. Mm-hmm. And, but we have to go down and talk to the judge, tell him what the situation is. Then we get the order. Then we have to arrange to go out to the bank and, and get an officer of the bank to be with us at all times when we open up the bank and inventory it.
1: We'll be right back in just a few moments. If you've got a question for Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates, give us a call on the Centennial Toyota Talk & Text line. Our number is 702-257-5396. We're talking about what happens when you don't have a will. We'll be right back. Now back to Ask the Experts on News Talk 720, KDWN. Welcome back. I'm Brian Black. We're talking to Brian A. Lowe of Brian A. Lowe & Associates. If you'd like to give us a call, ask a question. The number is 702-257-5396. We've been talking about stuff. We've been talking about money. We've been talking about property. We've been talking about what happens to those things when you don't have a will or a trust or something outlining what needs to happen after you're gone. But let's talk about people for a second here. We were talking off, off the air, and I, I mentioned my children, and you brought up a very important point, um, the care and feeding of children. That's one of the things that you, that you outline in your will, correctly?
0: That is correct. If you die and the, you have minor children mm-hmm. and you, they're, they're, your spouse has predeceased you or died in the same accident, and now you have two children, three children, whatever, <clears throat> that are minors, they're going to have to go somewhere. Right. And so now we need to know who the guardian is going to be. And so in a will, what you can do is you can name who you want to be the guardian of your children. Right. Now, there may be, um, a group of siblings on one side that are just real varmints, you know. Right. <laughs> I mean, they just—you don't want them to be with with right, them. Right. And there's are the angels sitting on the other side. Right. And now there's there could be a a war going on sure. as to who's going to get the kids because the kids, when you die, if you've put forty quarters of time, uh, or forty forty quarters of taxes into the social security Mm -hmm. then your children are going to re receive a benefit your social security benefit until they reach their majority right and so someone the guardian is going to have control over those funds as they flow in right and so you don't want it to go to the varmints you want it to go to the angels but now who decides and I if guess, you had a will, you decided.
1: So, and I guess the the, the, the idea here is a lot of this stuff is if, if you don't have a will, then everything goes down to the letter of the law. So the varmints might be actually closer to you in the letter of the law as to who should uh, inherit guardianship of your children than, say, for instance, the second coven, cousin that you love like a brother. Um, is that what we're talking about here, where you, you, you're having a voice in who gets to, uh, gets to have control over, once again, the benefits of the children and then, of course, guardianship over the children themselves? That is correct. And we, we've talked about this before. When we're talking about having a voice in that discussion, is, is, are, are your words final on that matter, or does it still come down to a court decision on whether how reasonable they are?
0: The court... Will make the decision, right, but they put a lot of uh, um, they take into account the parents' intent, right. And if you've named in the your will who you want to be the guardian of your children, of your minor children, then they will generally name them unless there's something that comes up in the court that the judge just says hey, look, I've got to look after these children. I don't think that the decedent really understood that this person is a uh, convicted felon, uh, pedophile, Uh, whatever.
1: Right. Exactly. Somebody who shouldn't be in control. of That's right. So but I wouldn't say that. uh, Is it reasonable to say that this is this is uh, it's it's a great thing to have, but it's not going to override like parental rights, for instance. So you like if you're not going to be able to uh, award guardianship to a step parent. And when there is another parent present,
0: that is correct. Unless there's
1: there's uh, like you say, extenuating circumstances. Correct. Uh, We have a question for Mr. Lowe right now from Judy. Uh, Are you there, Judy?
2: yes i'm here um my question is if i make a revocable family trust while living in one state is that still in effect if i move to a different state
0: it generally is judy it would be good however wherever you move to or if you've moved from another state into nevada to have a nevada attorney take a look at it now if you want me to take a look of a at a um, a trust that you did in another state, then make an appointment, bring it in. I do not charge for for reviewing a trust from another state. And 90% of the time, the trust that is brought in from another state is valid in this state and will work.
2: Are there some things that make it invalid? You said in the
0: 10%? Well, sometimes... There are different laws in different states, Uh, like some states require three witnesses, some states require two. Some states require a notary, some states do not. So even, even in states that require something a little different, we can generally take care of that without doing a new trust or a new will, just by doing an amendment and or a codicil to your will.
2: Oh, okay. All right. Thank you very much. And I will call up for an appointment. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Judy. If you would All like right. to make an appointment with uh, Mr. Lowe, give him a call at uh, 702-259-0002. That's 702-259-0002. And if you'd like to find out a little bit more about the people at Brian A. Lowe & Associates, visit their website at southernnevadalawyers.com. So th- we've been talking about what happens if you don't have a will. The term for that is... Intestacy is that correct? That is correct, and it's is something you want to avoid.
0: You do want to avoid it because you're just saying legislature do what you uh, uh, spelled out in the in the statutes.
1: So what you're trying to do in this in this case, you're drawing up a will, you're drawing up a trust, you're trying to avoid trouble, and you're trying to avoid trouble for the people that you're leaving behind in the event of your untimely or it may be timely demise. Um, what are the what are the what are the things that you need to take care of? You you call Brian & Associates 702-259-0002, you make an appointment, you walk into that first free consultation, what are you going to recommend?
0: We don't know. We start off with more questions than, mm-hmm. than giving answers. Okay. We need to find out a little bit about the the decedent what uh, that decedent had in the way of assets. We generally like to have them go out and bring in the uh, statements from financial institutions. We look to see if they owned any real property on the county records. We look at the past tax returns, the last couple of years tax returns, because oftentimes that will identify assets. Once we know what there are in the way of assets, then that will determine, uh, then we get a value. We have different values. You do different kinds of probates de- depending on the value. And so we look for value, and then we can determine what needs to be done.
1: Well, it sounds like a fairly complicated process made a lot easier by the presence of an attorney. Brian A. Lowen, associate, specializes in estate planning. Give him a call for your free consultation. The number is 702 259 or look him up on the web at SouthernNevadaLawyers.com. Thanks for being here, Brian.
0: Thank you, Brian.